All Age Media is proud to present The Week Before, a show that encourages discussion, knowledge, and a bit of banter in between. Now presenting Jamie Dyer with this week's special guest. Each week I am joined by a special guest. This week she's a Scottish born actress and teacher and currently in South Africa. That's right, it's Ellen. Hello, Ellen, how are you? Hello there, I'm very well, thank you. How are you? Yeah, I'm, I'm very good. So, can I ask, you're, you're obviously from Scotland, yes? Yeah, from Edinburgh. Yeah, so what, what are you doing in South Africa, if you don't mind me asking? Well, my boyfriend currently lives here. Um, he is South African, and um, so I'm actually in the process of trying to move out here myself, trying to get my visa together. All right, does that take a lot? I'm not familiar with it, but you know, does that take a lot of doing to do that? Well, it's certainly not easy. They like to put red tape wherever they can, but um, hopefully once I get a contract finalised, it shouldn't be too hard. I'm sort of nearing the end of the process now, hopefully. Well, hopefully. I, I think that's... Is, isn't that judged, if you don't mind me asking, on, on uh, you know, what you can do and, and career and things? Yes, absolutely. I mean, once I get a contract, supposedly it all becomes easy and they say, OK, you can work there, no problem, but... You know what uh, home affairs are like. Sometimes they just change their mind. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Indeed. Well, I hope that works out for you. We're going to move on Thank to you. the no problem. We're going to move on to the first round here, which is imaginatively titled the discussion, which is a look <laughs> at a specific topic. Uh, after all the dust has settled on this particular subject, I thought it would be appropriate to discuss the Scottish referendum, the thing which ended with a no vote, but mm. uh, by quite a small margin considering. I thought it would be interesting to ask your uh, views on it, Ellen. Well, um, to be honest, my views are, are really sad, although um, I actually personally did vote no. I think it was really um, disheartening to see the violence and disruption that came afterwards, and particularly on the side of uh, no voters, actually. And, um, yeah, it's just really distressing, actually, to see a country which has always been so proud um, of itself and of everyone who lives there and everyone who is Scottish to then suddenly be sort of torn apart and... Um, Hopefully we can rebuild and become stronger, not only as the United Kingdom, but as Scotland itself, and um, move past this division and hopefully be one again, as we have been for so long. Yeah, well, it's, it's true. Do you think there has been sort of, you know, maybe between Scotland and the rest of the UK, do you think there has been sort of a divide um, before it all, really? I think certainly it would be naive to suggest that Scotland hadn't in always in some way thought of itself as a little bit separate, um, particularly from England. I, I think a lot of it is a more banter than anything else, purely the, you know, Scotland is the best type of yeah. um, situation. But um, although, like I say, it would be naive to say it hasn't been slightly separate, it's certainly, I think, you know, I certainly identify myself as Scottish and British, as do most of my friends. And... Um, I think that it has been in the past very much um, part of the UK in the same way that Wales would be. And, and um, yeah, I think that it's a relatively new phenomenon that, um, that people in Scotland have even thought about the fact that, hold on, wait a minute, maybe we aren't actually meant to be part of the United Kingdom. And um, I think that's one of the problems with the referendum is that it, it, it came about relatively quickly. I mean... Yeah. 
in my opinion, one of something like this would have to have been in the pipeline for, you know, a decade for people to really be able to understand their opinions on it. Oh, no, def- definitely. It did come around very quickly. It was about a year mm. and a half, wasn't it, of, of sort of doing that. And it was, I don't think it was actually treated with as much um, seriousness as perhaps they should have done in the end. Absolutely, I would agree. I mean, especially, I'd actually say, on um, the side of the Better Together campaign, it basically was treated as a bit of a farce, I think, for a long time and thought of as a bit perhaps Alex Salmond, you know, on his soapbox, you know, chatting away about something um, and it wasn't given the time of day that it really needed and it should have been respected as a serious and important issue that a lot of people were really passionate about. Um, And it wasn't really until the last few months that um, the Better Better Together campaign sort of said, hold on a minute, this is actually a possibility. A lot of people are really um, care care about this. And I think that should have been happening at the very beginning. And I think that's why there's been a bit, you know, upset and we haven't been able to all just come together and say, okay, that was the decision. Um, Let's work together to improve our country. It's been more difficult now to accept um, the outcome. Yeah, I, I think so, because I think, I think with anything, there's always going to be those people, you know, there's always going to be that divide there anyway, no matter. I mean, what, what do you think about that? Yes, and um, I think it, it always exists, the divide, uh, a political divide or um, educational. There's always going to be some sort of divide um, that will exist anyway, I think, in any nation. And I think what ha- what's happened with the referendum is that that divide has been made sort of exaggerated so much for some people who previously weren't particularly politically inclined. And although it's wonderful to have people taking such an interest in politics, and that is one thing the referendum has definitely, um, you know, it's been a fantastic outcome of the referendum. But unfortunately, I think a lot of it has been on a negative, in, the, in a negative regards to... Um, not respecting other people's political views and the, the divide has been one that involves a lot of animosity and to be honest a, a lot of hatred that doesn't need to exist and it's just it is really sad to see any animosity between um people your fellow countrymen it i would hope that soon we will be able to be yes voters no voters sitting together discussing it without it becoming something that seems to cause passion in a more negative light but again that might be my own um, experience with it and like I say I, I really hope that and I am positive that it will improve. Well I'm, I'm sure it will I mean the, the way I saw it was if you look at you know the people who voted yes there was a little bit of patriotism there and I think that was part of that was what that was fired by I think. Um, mm, and I think that was uh, possibly the reason for a lot of um you know, debates to become a lot more heated than they maybe should have because when the idea of being um, um, more patriotic than your your neighbour comes around, it's hard for people not to feel, you know, personally, I think, attacked. It's al- it almost became an issue of who's more Scottish. And obviously that's a fairly ridiculous thing to suggest. You can't measure someone's Scottishness. And... I think a big problem with that was the fact of people living out with Scotland um, 
say, who have moved to Manchester or London for work reasons temporarily, who weren't permitted to vote, I think that was um, a big problem there because you could say I'm the most patriotic person in the world, but I've had to move for X, Y and Z reason and I'm now not allowed to take this vote in independence. And um, I actually had several people say to me at points, I'm voting yes because um, I love my country. And I thought, surely you should be voting either way because you love your country. It's, it, was, it was a difficult um, thing to sort of get around, I think, this idea that if you are patriotic, you must vote yes. Yeah, I, th- I think it depended, I think, on, on obviously people's views on, you know, what was best in a way. I mean, if I, I think a lot of the things, certainly where I am, uh, a lot of the debate sort of in England, you know, in, in this sort of area, uh, was around the fact, why don't we get to vote on Scottish independence as well? Why does it have to be uniquely Scottish people? You know? Yeah, I think that's a very fair point as well. Um, as it obviously will affect um, the whole of the UK. I mean, in fact, it'll affect countries thousands of miles away. <laughs> it wouldn't just be Scotland that is affected by this. And I think that's something that was hard for people to understand as well, is that this isn't just about Scotland, you know, standing out on its own and carving its own path, because oh, no. you've got to be realistic and look at what actually will be the outcome not just for Scotland but the whole of the United Kingdom because we have a, we have a responsibility to the United Kingdom we've yeah. been a part of um, yes wonderful things that have happened but also of uh, the debt that has been created and, and, and I think really the crux of the matter with the referendum was however it depends where what was most important to you and I think if it was economics that's where the responsibility of the united kingdom sort of lay most because like i said the debts that have been mounted you can't just turn your back on them and no, say exactly. oh well that, that wasn't us that was them um and i think that was definitely an area where a lot of people out with scotland felt this isn't fair what why are they running off with um you know what they are claiming is is their portion when really it's, it's almost impossible to draw the line between two countries that have been so connected for so very long yeah definitely i think it is that case of you know because they've been uh as one as part of the uk for so long it would have been very very difficult to to just to just leave it really Mm -hmm. um you know it would have had all sorts of repercussions i know I have a lot to do with the media, and they were saying, well, the B- the BBC and things would have to come out of Scotland, and they'd have to set up their own system, and all that mm. costs money as well, and I think that that was part of what you said, you know, part of um, the cost of, if they would have had to have gone independent, they would have had to set up all these new schemes and things. Mm. Um yeah, so I think uh, I think we've discussed that to uh, you know to a, a certain level. Very uh, very good. That uh, that is the end of the first round, and uh, we'll move on to the second round, which is more game based, and okay. it's called the "You Tell Me" round, which is I'll give you fifteen seconds to talk about a specific subject. This could be absolutely anything. After that fifteen seconds, if I feel you could talk further on that particular subject we will extend it if not then we'll mo- then we will uh, move on is that clear 
Yes, very clear. Okay, well, first off, uh, we'll go into your comfort zone a little bit and we'll ask you to talk 15 seconds on the art of teaching. That is the art of teaching. You have 15 seconds in a moment, starting now. Well, it's an interesting way to put it, the art of teaching, because I would definitely say that it is an art and it should be treated more as an art because in order to get children interested, you really have to make them excited. And the best way to go about this is creativity. And I really think that needs to be stressed further in education, that in order to um, make teaching more effective, bring it about in a more creative manner and certainly benefit the teachers by giving them a little bit more free reign to be artists and not simply follow the strict structure that they must do, open the book, tick the boxes. Well, there we go. That was 30 seconds. That's very good. Oh, goodness. <laughs> that's, that's, very, that's very good. No, that's, that, is a, that is a good thing. That, no, I, I think you, you d- definitely said that. Teaching is an art. Um, you know, <laughs> it's not just a, I don't know if you've ever seen any of the educating series. I always think that's just a, it's just a documentary about teachers, really, and, and what they have to go through. It's always a, a difficult thing. So, yeah, well yeah. done on that. Uh, we'll go on to the next subject because we've got three subjects here. Um, okay. Usually, this, the second subject is usually something quite random. Um, <laughs> it's just plucked out of the air, really. Uh, can you give us 15 seconds on apples that is apples starting now well apples they say an apple a day keeps the doctor away but um i think perhaps that's a little bit silly and we've actually found out recently that the whole five a day thing is actually not true and that um the idea of eating five portions of fruit and veg a day people have started to base their nutritional um, diets around that and actually it's completely illogical. So perhaps we should move away from the idea that an apple a day keeps the doctor away. Yeah, maybe so. That's around 30 seconds once more. <laughs> That's it. You're very good at this. I, have, have you... I'm not very good at keeping my mouth shut, I'm afraid. <laughs> <laughs> so, no, it's fine. It's, it's, it's great. It's great for the purpose of, of the game. And it's very true. I, you know, when I said apples, I knew that's what you were going to say. <laughs> I, I knew that was going to be the phrase that you were going to use and it is it is very true and and um i know a few years ago we had that whole five a day thing which i, I think mm. they've they've since sort of changed yeah. uh, you know to to encourage people right so we'll move on to the third subject which uh is less random less less mm. random than the last one perhaps not as familiar as the first one but uh we will uh yeah can you give me 15 seconds on South African weather. That is 15 seconds, maybe 30, (laughs) starting now. South African weather is beautiful, first and foremost, but also very interesting. I'm now in Johannesburg, where um, in the middle of the day, it can be 24 degrees as it is now. And in the nighttime, it can fall dramatically to what I would be familiar with in Scotland. Um, I've been coming here for nearly 10 years, and I'm still surprised by how much the weather can change. Well, there we are. That was 20 seconds there. That was 20 seconds. And actually, I'm going to change it slightly. I'm going to change it slightly and ask you to do 15 seconds on Scottish weather. Just to, just to see what you think. Because I, I am genuinely interested. I can imagine it's beautiful um, out there. You know, it's a place that not many people can, uh, can get to. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, I'll give you 15 seconds on Scottish weather starting now. Scottish weather is, um, well, it, it leads a lot to the imagination. It, it can't be 
ever said that it's fantastic. I will say that if Scottish weather was fantastic, though, we'd be overrun by tourists and we would be the most popular tourist destination in the world. So perhaps it's a blessing in disguise that it's a wee bit dreek and damp at times. Well, there we are. That's 20 seconds again. And that's that is very true i think it's it is seen as a tourist destination though isn't it really Scotland? it certainly is but um i like to think that because it is so very beautiful if it was sunny all the time well we wouldn't even be able to cope so that's my theory <laughs> <laughs> well no that's that's very true especially uh towards sort of the top of the country where it's a lot it's a lot colder and you get more snow Absolutely. and that that sort of thing yes right so uh, yeah, that's the end of round two we've got about uh, five minutes to go here on the show and we'll uh, we'll move on to round three which is called what's on your mind very self-explanatory ellen what's on your mind well recently i've actually been really um interested in looking at um, media bias it actually stemmed from um the referendum as um there was a huge media bias geared towards the Better Together campaign and the Yes campaign was often portrayed in a really negative light which was actually inaccurate a lot of the time and not given the coverage that it deserved um, but this made me um, interested to look at media bias um, historically as well um, which led me to um, find out about all these horrific acts in the past that people basically don't know about and specifically I became very interested in the um, Herero genocide, um, which was basically when uh, what was German Southwest Africa, yeah. when Germany went in in order to colonize um, and gain um, Southwest Africa as their own um, bit of land. And 60,000 people basically were killed in a really short per period of time, um, which was 85% of this. Um, tribe and it just shocked me when I learned about this um, to find out that so few people have any idea of um, that these sort of genocides exist. Often yeah. people um, only know things because um, the media have told them um, and it's just I think a really important point to stress nowadays that just because the television's telling you something doesn't mean that that is A all there is to it and B fact um and that's actually what i'm really interested in the moment is trying to find um plays and artworks and um documentaries that really highlight that um and hopefully sooner or later it um will see a change and people won't simply rely on what the media tells them and they'll go out there and find out things for themselves no definitely i think with with the media it's it's interesting i mean i studied it for for 6 years i think mm -hmm. a lot of it does depend on perhaps what country the content was produced in Absolutely. what era that it's produced in you know and and that sort of thing you do tend to find um i mean especially like during the war and things you had sort of propaganda films with with sort of certain agendas about them i suppose that's along the same sort of lines um no absolutely it is yes um and i i i think um a great example would be the um israeli palestine conflict um because where you wherever you are in the world the media coverage of that i happened to be traveling at the time and, and in fact spent some time in israel during that time and the media the coverage is just so it sways people's decisions so much and um although there it was a very complex time uh, and it still is a very complex issue 
um, it was shocking to me to to go from um, Israel to Turkey and to Scotland and see just how divisive the um, media could be in trying to use this to really get a certain point across. And um, more importantly, how many people, or rather how few people, realised that just because they... Um, their TV in particular, or their newspaper, but um, was telling them something, it didn't mean that's all there was to it. No, no, de- de- definitely. I think there is always something that, there's always something that, that the media will leave out uh, in order. I mean, in a way, any news story is just simply, it's like writing a story, isn't it? There's always mm. something that you omit for whatever reason. Absolutely. Yes, indeed. Well, that brings us to the end of our third round. Thank you very much for that. Uh, And also it brings us to the end of the show here. But thank you very much for listening. Thank you, Ellen, for coming on. Thank you for having me. It's been a pleasure. Yeah, no no problem. And um, good luck with everything. I hope that visa comes through for you. (laughs) Thank you. I'm, I'm sure it will. I'm sure it will. And uh, no, and to the listeners out there, this has been The Week Before. My name's been Jamie Dyer, and uh, th- we are out. You've been listening to The Week Before, a weekly recorded show presented by Jamie Dyer with this week's special guest. The announcer was Katie Harvey, and this has been an all-age media production. Thank you for listening.